series, Small Things Make a Big Difference, uh, a series in which we're taking a look at some of the spiritual disciplines, and uh, we're looking at how they apply to our life and, and how, if we will engage in them, how they can make a, a big difference in our life uh, as we go through our life on a daily basis. Uh, last week, we kicked off this series by taking a look at what spiritual disciplines are and why they are important and uh, how spiritual disciplines in their purest form are simply anything that we do that helps us draw closer to the Lord. That's simply what a spiritual discipline is. And, and as we grow in our relationship with the Lord, uh, we mature in our faith, and we become ultimately more like Christ in, in everything that we say and do. Um, we talked about why this, these spiritual disciplines are important. Because they're called disciplines because they're not something you're going to naturally do on your own, right? We, we don't naturally just discipline ourselves. It takes effort. It takes uh, concentration. It, it takes time. It's something we must deliberately seek to do uh, on a regular basis. And, and we use them as disciplines, at least I do in my life, because they carry me through times when I wouldn't normally and wouldn't otherwise really want to do these things, right? But they're a discipline, so we continue uh, to do them. Uh, it helps me not ignore my spiritual health. And as I said last week, the proper focus of the spiritual disciplines, uh, a quote from an article I read, is to know God at a deeper and more dependent relational level, seeking his will and purpose and growing in maturity and confidence in hearing and obeying him. One of the main reasons we engage in spiritual disciplines is because we love God and we want to press more deeply into him and and we want to know him more. We want to to focus on the relational and qualitative aspects of knowing God and not just the intellectual aspects of knowing who God is. Spiritual disciplines also give us the opportunity to simplify our faith and enable us to do small things that make a big difference and not try to make it a a bigger uh, problem or issue than it truly is. So the first spiritual discipline that I want to explore in this series is going to come as a surprise to you. It is reading the Bible, right? How many are shocked at that? No, one. Thank you for that, you know. Um, no, it, it, you come to church, you're going to hear that, right? You're, if you're familiar with, with church at all, you're going to know that one of the things you're going to be encouraged to do is to read the Bible, Right? That's just something that we are encouraged to do. Uh, for Christmas this year, we gave our oldest son, Josh, a Makita drill. Now, it was on his list, so it's not like we gave him something bad. But it was, it was a nice one, right? It had uh, all the different settings. It also had an impact setting. And if you know, you know, I've got a few guys going, yeah, I know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a nice drill, just to put it, you know. So it was on his list again. And so after he opened it, uh, later on that day, uh, we were FaceTiming with each other, and he was telling us how appreciative he was of that, and yada, yada, yada. And he started asking me all these questions about the drill. Well, when I'm doing this, what setting do I use? And when I'm doing this, what setting do I use? And what does this knob mean? And, blah, blah, blah. and I just, you know, I was listening and going, I was like, did you read the manual? And of course he hadn't read the manual. Instead, he was asking me the questions. And I could share with him how it worked because I do have a superior intellect and education. And, and you know, I, I could really just, you know, help him through that. And that, and that was fine. But, but what he really needed to do was to read the manual. Because after all, the manual, manual is written by the manufacturer, right? And it tells us how to use and to get the most out of our purchase, and so it can be used the way it was intended. But we don't read the manual, do we? I mean, we just don't. We don't read the manual. Why is that? Well, they're boring, right? And they seem to have a lot of information in them that we don't understand, things we don't think we need. After all, we're just going to kind of figure it out as we go along. 
We can, we're smart people. We can do this. We do not need to read the user's manual. We know we probably should, and it's always there if we need it, but we're not going to read it. We're just going to get after it, whatever it is. And I know a lot of people look at the Bible the same way. A lot of people look at the Bible as a manual, as something that they know they're supposed to read, but, eh, you know, a lot of stuff in there I don't understand. A lot of stuff in there that doesn't apply to me. A lot of stuff that, you know, I'll just figure it out as I go along. And it's always there if I need it, but I'm not really going to read it. Because a manual? I mean, honestly, a manual. How inspiring is a manual, right? Not very inspiring. And yet, I would propose to you today that the Bible... Reading the Bible is essential because it's not a manual. It's not. It's the story of God. And what's inspiring? A story. That's why you read books. That's why you go to the movies. That's why you go to plays. You're engaged in a story because stories are inspiring. And what's amazing about the Scripture is that it's even more than just a story. It's where we see God. It's where we meet God. It's where we experience Him and we come to know Him through the pages of Scripture. It's God's word, and he is showing himself. He's revealing himself to us through what has been passed down to us. And engaging in scriptures is a small thing that can make a big difference in our lives. And there's many reasons why this is true. In the Bible, God tells us about himself. He reveals himself to us. He tells the story of creation and his incarnation, his presence. God reveals the law to us, how mankind has broken it, and how we've all fallen short of the expectations of God, and how we are to live our life because we've all sinned. In the Bible, God shows us that he sent his one and only son to live a sinless life and to die for us as sinners. In the Bible, God teaches us how we can be forgiven and how we can have a home in heaven. In the Bible, God instructs us on how to live in relationships while we are here on earth and how to invest our lives, how to truly love, to truly love God with all of our heart and soul and strength and mind and how to love others as we love ourselves. Therefore, if we want to know God and if we want to be in relationship with him, what do we need to do? Simple answer, read the Bible, right? We need to read the Bible. For many of us, though, the reality is this. We don't. We simply don't read it. So today I want to invite you, as 1 Timothy 4, 7 says, to discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to try to discipline ourselves. And what I want to do in our time together this morning is is I want to uh, challenge you and to encourage you, to inspire you, to beg and plead. But more than that, I, I just want you to allow God to get a hold of your heart, to allow God to get a hold of your mind and speak to you and transform you as you look at his word. Because as you read the scriptures, You're not going to find some step-by-step, systematic way spelled out for you on how you are to live your life. The scriptures are not given to us so that we could simply increase our knowledge of Christ and plug in these variables to the right formula and live this perfect life that's all out there for us. Instead, the scriptures contain for us the opportunity to discover and experience him and to have his life-changing love in our life and an opportunity to see Christ revealed to us his presence coming through the pages of Scripture. And yes, the Bible contains facts, and yes, the Bible contains historical information, but it's not about that, really. It's about experiencing God. It's about knowing Him. It's about walking in relationship with Him and allowing your relationship in this life to blend into life eternal. That's what the Scriptures are for. That's, That's why they're here. 
And so today, as, as we look at how small things make a big difference, I, I want to challenge you and suggest to you five different ways how you can experience God through his word. How you can experience God through his word. First one is you need to hear it. We listen to what Paul wrote to the church in Rome. He says, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. I think it's relatively safe to say that if you're coming to church in some form or fashion, you want to grow in your faith or at least grow in your relationship with the Lord. Listening to uh, the word is one way to grow in our faith. Uh, one thing that I like about my version Bible app that I have on my phone and my, my iPad is is this one neat little feature that's on the top right-hand side that you touch it, and what does it do? It reads it to you, right? I really like that, that function because I can put it, you know, put it in my headphones, I can let it read it to me. And it's just a great thing. And if you don't have a Bible app, I just want to encourage you with that one. It's not like there's any kickback for me to do that. It's just a great one in my opinion. And it's very versatile. It'll give you Bible reading plans. There's all sorts of things you can find in that. Uh, The point is that hearing God's word is a small thing that can make a big difference in your life. One of the interesting things as we consider listening to the scriptures, and if we think about what our young people did this morning as they read the scripture to us, is historically the scriptures were, were not readily available like they are today. So the average American household has four Bibles in it. And they're only read 16% of the time. You know, do, do with that what you will. But the, the word is not, wasn't, didn't used to be readily available like it is today. And people didn't have access to the scriptures. And so when they were read, they were read aloud. And they were heard in community. And people listened as someone read it to them. For me, I'm an auditory learner. I learn best when I hear it. Um, and so that's why listening to the Bible app is really beneficial for me. My wife, Michelle, is a visual learner, so while when we read a book together, she will read it out loud to me, and we both benefit from it. It's just one of those things we do. For a lot of people, what studies have shown is that we simply, what we simply hear, we forget. We forget it, which is kind of discouraging as a pastor, right? These things I'm telling you, you're probably going to forget most of them. In fact, all but about 10% in 72 hours, gone forever, right? So I don't really want you to remember what I said. I want you to remember God's word. I want you to hear his word. It's why we can go to church week after week and year after year if all we do is listen and we forget it and life change never happens. And yet we're still called to listen. In Matthew eleven fifteen, Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. We need to listen. We need to hear the scriptures. The second thing that I want to suggest to you to put ourselves in a position to experience God through his word, we need to read it. That's kind of obvious, right? Reading God's word, whether you read it in a, a Bible or on a tablet or on a device or whatever, it gives us the opportunity to experience God. Right now here at the church, we have uh, a class led by Lisa Licklider and Nancy Pullen uh, called The Bible in 90 Days. It's a program designed to systematically re- lead you through reading the Bible uh, cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation in 90 days. And it's designed to give you a unique perspective of God's revelation from beginning uh, to end. Listening or reading to the Bible is something that we should strive to do on a daily basis. And it's For many people, when we read it and we hear it, when we do those two things together, it is when it starts to come more clearly to us and we retain more of it and we begin, more importantly, to see Christ more clearly. Look with me at what 
look with me and listen to what Deuteronomy chapter 17 verse 19 says about the godly man. It says, the scripture shall be his constant companion. He must read from it every day of his life so that he will learn to respect the Lord, his God, by obeying all of his commands. God desires for us to read his word, to invest in his word on a daily basis. Remember what Jesus said when he taught the disciples to pray. He said, give us this day or give us each day our daily bread. And I don't think it's too big of a stretch to say that he, we can apply this to our spiritual food as well as our physical food. And with that in mind, I just want to give you a couple suggestions on how to read God's word. All right? I, just two things. First one, I want to encourage you to read it systematically. You may want to read it cover to cover like they are doing in the Bible in 90 days. You don't have to do it in just 90 days. You can take longer or whatever. But you, you may not want to do it cover to cover. You, but you can, right? There are many different options for you to, to read. And I just want to encourage you to read. And when you do, start at the beginning of a book and read through the end of that book, all right? You need to read clear through. The other thing to keep in mind is, especially in the New Testament, the letters written by Paul, those were letters written to a church. One document, one chapter, if you will, different paragraphs. And you need to read it from beginning to end. I kind of illustrate it like this. If someone were to write you, and no one does this anymore, but if someone were to physically write you and mail you a four-page letter, right, You wouldn't read page one and go, oh, that's nice, and put it aside, and next week come back and read page two, right? You would read it clear through. Systematically read a book of the Bible. Just read it through. Start from the beginning, go to the end. And the other thing that you need to understand is that you need to read the entire Bible at some point in some time period. And there's no, like, rules on that, but you just need to read the whole thing. I know some people that really enjoy the Psalms and the Proverbs, or they like a particular gospel or a few of the epistles, and that's all they read. Well, you need to read the whole thing. Read it all. Those you like and those you don't know. Leviticus is not a lot of fun, but you should read it at least once, right? Read it cover to cover. Read it systematically. Devise a plan. And read the entire Bible. I also want to suggest that you read the Bible in different translations. I personally prefer the NIV, the New International Version of the Bible. It's what I grew up with. It's what I'm familiar with. It's, it's you know, what rings true in my own brain. But that's not the end-all, be-all. Um, I, I also read and listen to uh, the Message Translation, which tells it more like a story. It, it, it's more, for, at times, especially easier to understand and to comprehend. Uh, the New American Standard Bible it is more closely translated, transliterated and translated from the Greek, and, and that gives a, a unique perspective on that. The point is, there's no one right version of the Bible or one that's ordained. No, it, it's, it, we need to read from a couple of different versions so that we can gain deeper insight into it as we read through the Bible. So we need to read the Bible systematically, and we need to read it through in, in different translations. The third thing that I want to suggest to you in order to put ourselves in a position to experience God through his word is we need to study it. We need to study it. The simple truth is we've been called to study God's word, and that takes time, and that takes commitment, and that takes discipline. It's why it's a spiritual discipline. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. A very familiar passage from Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's, good, what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. When we study scriptures, when we really dig into them, we get to know God. 
we learn his truth and his priorities. Think about it this way. If there's someone that you like or someone that you love and you want to be in a relationship with them, you want to learn all you can about them, right? You want to spend time with them. You want to go deep with them and draw closer to them. And knowing about God is one way of falling more deeply in love with him as we discover him through the pages. And through study, we put ourselves in a position for the Spirit to transform us, for us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's a way of encouraging the transformation that God started through His Spirit as we experience His presence in our lives. And while it's true that that study is systematic and it's analytical, it's what we do with that information that is really important. I've seen people study the Scripture, and they become very pharisaical. They're like the Pharisees. They want to be fair, you see. They become legalistic in the view of themselves, and they treat themselves with this religious and spiritual superiority. But better than that, we can learn that as we go through the Scripture and we study to allow it to break our hearts, to break our hearts as we observe God's great love for humanity and his selfless sacrifices to promote and encourage relational intimacy with humankind and, and through humility and grace we do these things. And, and when handled properly, the knowledge that we gain through a study of Scripture allows us to become more like Christ and it draws us closer to him. I know that, that I've talked about this before, but how you see the Scriptures determine how you will approach a study whether you see the Bible as a how-to book, right, or a manual, whether you, you see it as, as something that is a rule book or just a book of history, all those views have subsequent responses when you study it. And if that's all you see Scripture as being, then that's all you're really going to receive from it when you study it because that's all you're going to see Scriptures to be. However, if when you go through the Scriptures, if you see the Scriptures as God's personal self-disclosure to humanity, and the revelation of his redemptive work through history to restore humanity into a right relationship with him, into a relational intimacy with him, then as you study the Bible, you're going to find these these just amazing and refreshing and constantly surprising nuggets of truth in the story of God as he continues to reveal himself to you as you work through the scriptures and as you study it, and it will become something that's alive to you, and it can transform your life, and it can make a big difference. We put ourselves in a position to experience God through his need, through his word, by hearing it, reading it, studying it. And we also need to memorize it. I want to encourage you to memorize it. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 23 says, Guard my words as your most precious possession. Write them down and also keep them deep within your heart. Memorizing scripture is a powerful habit to develop in our life. Uh, in my own life, there are a handful, more than that, of scriptures that and passages and sections of Scripture that, that I, I've tried to, to keep in my life and in my heart and in my mind to provide some very practical application uh, to me in my life. Um, scriptures that I've memorized uh, do different things uh, for different reasons. Uh, sometimes they help me remember who God is, that he is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end, that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost, that he's the author and the perfecter of our faith that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning. We, we see in the Scriptures that Jesus tells us, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back to take you with me so that you may be where I am. Memorizing and remembering Scriptures help me remember that God is God and I'm not. 
And it allows God to be God, and I don't have to try to take that role. It also helps me resist temptation. Jesus set that example for us. When he was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, he quoted Scripture every time. Psalm 119.11 tells us, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Memorizing Scripture helps us in decision-making. The Bible tells us that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It it shines for us. It gives us uh, direction. It, It gives us guidance. Another thing memorized scripture does is, at least it does for me, is it provides encouragement in my life. There are times that I can get discouraged and frustrated and and maybe even a a little depressed, and and I'm reminded that the scriptures are there to encourage us and to build us up. Psalm 104.33 says, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. As long as I have my being, I will praise him. We need to be reminded of those things when life isn't really going the way that we want it to or things don't seem to be good. Having the scripture on the hard drive of your mind does wonders for your life. It helps you recall how God chose to reveal himself through his word and and how you put your mind and open your mind up to what God wants you to have and he opens you up to opportunities to grow closer to him. Now, here is what I constantly or consistently at least here anytime that I encourage people to memorize the scripture here's what they say maybe here's what you say man I I can't I've tried believe me I've tried and I just can't I can't do it it's something that's impossible for me well lucky for you that you're here today because I have unlocked the secret formula for you to memorize scripture feel like you're at one of those self-help things yet A secret formula for you to memorize scripture, and you might want to write this down. You ready? Three steps, three keys, always three keys. Three keys to memorizing scripture. The first one, review it. You have to go over it and over it and over it and over it again. Okay, got that? Second key, review it. You have to go over it and 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 over it again and again and again. Third key, hold on. Review it. You've got to go over it and over it and see it again and again and review and review and review. Now, I know that may sound a little trite and a little bit simplistic, but that doesn't make it any less true. And if you think about it, and if you're just kind of gut-level honest with yourself, you know that's true. You know it's true in your own life. It's true in all of our lives. It's true in my life. For example, why is it that I can tell you who every sports talk show host is on 97.5 The Fanatic and what time they come on. Why is that? Because I reviewed it, right? I listen. Why is it that I can sing along with songs on the radio when they come on? Not that you want to hear that, but I can do that. Why is it that I am still the undefeated reigning champion in the Casey household of Twilight Seen It? Why is that? Because I've reviewed it, right? I've been exposed to it. It's important to me, or at least I'm interested in it, or my wife has made me watch it with her, whatever you want to call it. It, it, It's just true. When we review something, when we go through it, we remember it. Memorizing Scripture is the same way. You remember what you review. It's important. You're interested in it. The things that you remember are the things that are important, and that's how you memorize Scripture. And you don't memorize scriptures, you can have this badge of honor and you can impress people with, oh, look at what I remember. No, it gives you opportunity to recall the things that God wants you to recall and put you in in a position in which you can experience and discover God through the scriptures. It's important to have his word 
in our heart, in our minds. We need to memorize it. Last thing I want to touch on this morning when it comes to growing through the scriptures is live it. Live it. I, I'm reminded of James chapter 122, which says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself, but do what it says. This is a difficulty for many of us. We struggle with how to get the Bible in our daily life and how to apply it. And sometimes the best way to apply God's word is just to act. We need to take a step and just kind of figure it out as we go. We need to, to take God as revealed through his word at his word that he will be with us always, even to the end of the age, that we are his masterpiece, that we are his ambassadors, that we are salt and light in a dark and impure world. But even more than that, I would suggest to you that that as you encounter God in the scriptures, as you listen and as you read and as you study and as you memorize his word, it will impact your worldview. You're going to become saturated with Christ. It's going to make differences and changes in your life. It's going to start shaping your conversations and your actions and your desires as you strive to accomplish those things that are important to you. Those things will become important to God and your life will change and you'll begin living it. By engaging God through his word, we experience God revealed. It's how we become like Christ. He is the foundation upon which we build. Scripture is God revealed to us, revealed through his son Jesus Christ as in his presence, and he's demonstrated for us the full extent of God's love. And there's no better demonstration of God's love for us than what Jesus did for us when he sacrificed himself on the cross. And it's something that we celebrate and we remember through communion. We read in the scripture that Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he gave thanks for it, and he he passed it out to his disciples, and he said, Take and eat every one of you, for this is my body given to you. In the same way, he took the, the cup, and he blessed it, and he passed it to the disciples and said, Take and drink every one of you, and you do this in remembrance of me. And as often as you do these things, you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. God's word has instructed us as to how we are to remember and celebrate what Christ has done for us. And as we live our life for him, we celebrate his sacrifice and his death. We rejoice in what he's done. In just a moment, the ushers are going to pass the trays. Bread representing his body, juice representing his blood. And we invite you as believers to take of those elements, to remember his sacrifice, to partake of them, and to celebrate what he has done for us. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask the ushers uh, to pass the trays. Father God, thank you. Thank you that we can worship you. Thank you for your word that has instructed us into how we are to not only live our life, but, but how we can have a relationship with you. God, thank you for revealing yourself through the word in that way. Jesus, thank you for being willing to go to the cross. Thank you that we can take this time right now to celebrate and remember your sacrifice. Father, help us to remove the distractions of life so that we can focus in on you and on you alone. We love you, Father, and we thank you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.